Welcome back to the Mail-In Podcast. A lovely, absolutely gorgeous Wednesday morning at Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Brad Merriman. To my right, the lovely, the one and only, Sally DeFreeze. Hey, Sal. Hey, just putting on some lip balm. Sorry. Uh, What's up? Beautiful. Beautiful. But this is the issue, okay? It's like 40 in the morning, Mm -hmm. and then it'll be 80 in the afternoon. Sure will. And... I just don't have that bandwidth with like my wardrobe right now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm with you. I almost wore like fleece lined boots today. No, because the issue is like okay, when I'm normally working, I just wear scrubs. Yep. And those things are paper thin, so I'm getting mm-hmm. out of my car and like it's freezing. Right. I'm not gonna like go full parka. It's forty degrees. Can't do that. And by the time I leave, it's eighty. I'm not gonna like walk with the the coat outside. So. It's just putting me in a pickle, you know? It's just one of those things where Austin has so many great things about it. The weather, it might be a, a bottom 10% city in the country. I don't think that's true. I, I think, think it's a lot 100% of people would argue true. that like when it's 70 in January, that's like a pretty... Yeah. My problem with January weather, it's not crisp in 70. It's like yeah, a it weird, is. it's like a weird, humid, cold okay, 68. Bro, whatever. It is gross. I don't know so much about geography. <laughs> it's not even geography. <laughs> no, actually, I don't really. I mean, whatever. It's fine. I'm currently wearing a sweatshirt. I'll probably be in bike shorts and a bra later on. Mm-hmm. So I wore a, a nice puffy vest in, nice quilted vest. Mm-hmm. Won't need that in about an hour and a half. And then it's 78, but everybody wants to hear about the weather, right? In Austin, Texas. Yeah. No, but it is making whatever is whatever allergies are going on right now. I have like a tickling in my throat. Uh, Sally, it's been three weeks for me. And I felt so shitty yesterday. I had such a bad headache from like I maybe it's the ragweed. I don't know. I took two Benadryl Ooh. after we put Fritz to bed and I went, I passed out at 745. Oh my gosh. So I got like I think 13 hours of sleep. So well, you no, are, 12 hours of sleep. You are rested and ready to go this morning. The thing is, I don't feel that rested. Benadryl sleep is different, I feel like. Benadryl sleep is like the NyQuil, groggy, you wake up. If you have to be anywhere in the morning, yeah. you're like, ugh. I just, I still feel like foggy. Not like hungover or anything, but mm-hmm. yeah, I have that fogginess. So I, hopefully my answers are good today. But I also feel like my voice is really nasally right now. It's fog city. It's I've been congested. I don't feel – it's not sick. It's just allergies. And yeah. it's been that way for three weeks. And then I've heard that it's like my – so it's, this is my third fall, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, my four, oh my God, my fourth fall. September 2019. 2020, 2021, this is my fourth fall in Austin, Texas. Holy shit. Okay. Even though I've lived, yeah. Holy, that's that's wild. I moved here last week of September 2019. Oh my God. That is throwing me for a loop. And they say it takes three or four years for an outsider to, um, to be affected by fall allergies and like cedar fever kind of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> it is officially kicking my ass right now the ragweed fall elm and just trees are high just just trees i don't know like okay doesn't make sense i'm not used to fall allergies at all so like spring i get wrecked 
and have always gotten wrecked by it, especially at upstate New York. But falls falls new to me. Yeah. Cedar Fever is really fun. Super fun. This podcast is pretty fun, too. And if you want to listen to this podcast, give us a subscription on iTunes. Follow on Spotify. Hit the hotline number. Leave a voicemail. 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio. At Mail-In Podcast. Hit up the new store, washmedia.shop. Bunch of cool stuff there. A bunch of new stuff coming. Keep an eye out. Always, always, always in the new store. And hit up our new YouTube to see our beautiful faces. Some YouTube clips kind of popping. Good for the mail and podcast. I mean, this isn't my like number one look, I would say. No. <laughs> a little puffy. <laughs> but I'll try to start bringing it from now on. People are big YouTube. fans of, of Sally's cheekbones. Whatever the lighting is, your cheekbones are always popping on the you. mail and podcast. Appreciate that. Uh, that is youtube.com slash mail in podcast. Want to get right into it, Sal? Let's do it. What is up, y'all? What is the statute of limitations on Venmo requests? Let's say you and your friends all went to a destination wedding over a year ago. You settled up on a split wise within two weeks of the wedding. And one friend who organized a large group dinner did not input any of her expenses into split wise. It's been over a year now, like I said, and the friend group just got hit with Venmo requests. Better yet, we got hit with them. Uh, <laughs> not only did we get hit with them, she canceled them and then sent us a new higher Venmo request because she, quote, did the math wrong after having a full year to do it. This friend also lives with her parents who pay all of her bills, and her dad just bought a $500,000 car. Not that it matters, but it's adding to my annoyance here. Would you pay this Venmo request or, like, donate the amount to charity just out of principle? <laughs> <laughs> okay. First of all, what's the $500,000 car? Uh, right? Like a Bugatti? I don't even know what cars are $500,000. Like, I feel like is a Lamborghini $500,000? Great question. Uh, once it once you get above like Jeep your Lincoln Navigators at like the high 90s, I'm I'm just like, okay, that that it's a million dollars. Doesn't doesn't even register. Okay. I don't need to be driving around a $500,000 car. Can you imagine the insurance on that? Anyway, okay. Uh the statute of limitations I would say is I'm going to – it really should be two weeks, but I'm going to I'm gonna okay. give people the benefit of the doubt and say a month. Ooh. Okay. Here's why. Because I think some people forget, and then they're paying their credit card bill, and then they're like, oh, shit. I like sure. had that group dinner. I got a – month is really late. A month is really, really late. That is really a late. very generous amount of time. But it's also like – A group trip, I'm almost going to give you a month because while shit's happening, then you're flying home, you're unpacking, blah, blah, blah. I mean – We've answered so many of these questions, but like the best policy is like the second you pay for the bill, send out the Venmo request. Oh, and that's nobody likes doing it or no, nobody likes paying it right at the table because it's all like, oh, okay, fine. But that's the best way to do it. We, Klein you know, is really good about this. I've tried to be, you, be better about when we have a group dinner, just being like, hey, what do I owe you? Actually, that reminds me, I got to send a Venmo request to a friend from somebody. Right, right. Uh, and I just actually, while this got brought up, I bought some tickets to a comedy show and send a little reminder. Little, Ooh. Oh, you haven't paid Who are you, yet. Who are you seeing? Heather McMahon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think on a group trip, two weeks is reasonable. One month is pushing it, but allowed. Mm -hmm. If anything, if you're over a month, like say you're like two months out and you're like, oh my God, you guys, I'm t I totally forgot. Like, 
you got to send a you got to really even in a month you got to send a text explaining why you forgot. There has to be a lot of like so sorry yeah. I totally forgot about this paying my credit card bill now. Mm -hmm. If you wouldn't mind Venmoing me, I I realize it's a month later. My bad. That's what you say when you're a month out. Yep. A year out's egregious, <clears throat> and she should not expect anybody to pay her back. A year out, like you'd you went a whole year without that money. A whole year. A whole year. I don't I think the statute of limitations is, is like two months. I don't well, I mean My, I'm sticking I, I'm with a, a month. A year is too far. I think you leave it on red. And yeah. And then sorry. just never pay her. Just never pay. Her. Yeah. I I think I probably don't pay. I'm like, well, you had a year to do. I don't I don't know. Then I, I say that. And then if I got a year, like a Venmo request right now from a year ago, I'd be like, I'd let it sit there for a year and then pay it. Then maybe that's what you do. I actually you, like that move. You pay it or you. Like I think it. leaving people on red on Venmo is like a really shitty thing to do. It is. But unless it's your bookie. And then you just wait till you win the next week and then you get the canceled Venmo request. Just I, kidding. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know. Blank about beep beep. That was my bookie's but, name. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if my friend sends me out. A, a year later Venmo request, I'm talking mm -hmm. shit about them being like, you're an idiot. Of course. Of course. My my whole method is I like to be a points guy in certain situations. And I am always pretty much a two-day Venmo guy. Yeah. So group trip ends on a Sunday. You all fly home, whatever. Monday is the regroup day. Tuesday is the budget. Get your shit together. And a lot of the times... And I think credit cards do this on purpose, so you don't like really know what your balance is. The pending charges, yeah, where you're charged, you know, two hundred forty dollars for dinner, and then the tip comes in two days later, and you're like, oh fuck, okay. So I just kind of I wait till everything hits, right? And Which that's is a lot. that always takes a couple days anyway, especially if you're get a dinner on a Friday night, and then it's like two non-business days pending on Monday, hits on Tuesday afternoon, and you're like, okay, now I actually know. Um, how much I need to be reimbursed for. Yeah. Or you do it right at the table, like you said. But I'm a Tuesday guy. I like the I like the either leaving it on red for a full year and then <laughs> paying her. Or or just donating it to charity. If she asks you'd be like, Oh, I gave that money to charity because you waited a year to yeah. request it. <laughs> yeah, like okay. So here's here's our answer. Donate or excuse me, donate to charity or uh just wait a year. Let it sit there for a year. Yeah, I can't imagine like how much do you think this is. It's probably a significant amount. I guess. I mean, it's got to be like a hundred dollars, right? Oh, I would. At say, least, I mean, I would like say maybe. at least. Yeah, I was gonna say anything definitely. less than a hundred dollars. Okay, first of all, you need to eat the cost if it's been a year. But like, if I don't know, I this this girl's an idiot. Totally, and I see how the like she's, uh, you know, her family's very wealthy, and. She lives with her parents. I can see how that's playing into this. I don't think you have like don't let that play into it because there's a lot of degrees of that stuff. But I don't know. I like our our solution. So I'm literally sending a request right now for because <laughs> I I just got reminded of it. Speaking of solutions, okay. I'm always looking for a solution for better hair. You know this, mm -hmm. as I'm sure you are too. Your hair is lovely. Thanks. But it can always be improved upon. Eighty million men. And women in the U.S. experience thinning hair, Sally. Yet, it's still not openly talked about. 
which can make going through it feel scary and stressful. And that just adds to the problem. I know that firsthand because when you start thinning, you get anxiety about thinning hair, it doubles down. Yeah, because you just get anxious and then you worry about it all the time. And that's why I am turning to Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth thickness and visible scalp coverage for men and women. Sally, did you know that there are multiple causes of thinning hair? Yeah, I, I actually do know that. Well, right. Nutrafol is the hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to ta target stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and lifestyle factors that may be impacting your hair. Thinning is different for men and women, and Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and age. Every formula is physician-formulated using natural medical-grade ingredients for reliable results without compromises. You know, it's it's something about it, too. It's I've, I've seen it in dermatologist's office. Like, it is... We're not talking just some online brand here. This is the real... This this stuff is legit. Many people tout this um, for hair, hair loss. A lot of women mm -hmm. I know take it postpartum. Because oh, interesting. You, uh, you know, you're, there's not a lot you can do for postpartum hair loss because okay. it's like your hormones are getting messed up. But the best thing you can do is get your nutrients <clears throat> on track, mm, right? So like anything you're going to get hit it with, the best thing you can do is make sure that your body's getting all the vitamins that are necessary to like create healthy hair. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot After of girls- After creating a human, you need to create healthy hair. Correct. Yeah. Uh, know a lot of girls who take Nutrafol Interesting. for that. Yeah. Um, I've been off of a, you know, off of a hair, you know, supplement, I guess for a while, but Nutrafol's get me back on it. Yeah. I love it. It's absolutely a, a, an easy way to throw to my routine and you're good to go. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MAILIN to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere. And it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code MAILIN. Ready for the next one, Sal? Yeah. Uh, Brett, sorry this is so long. I really tried to cut it down. It's okay. It's not that long. Hey, MAILIN crew. Uh, I have tried. I have. I have a tried and true. Tried and true question. You about, may read it. No, it's fine. Okay. I, got, I got this. I have a tried and true question. Just really upset about unrequited love. Requited love. Unrequited. Unrequited love. I'm a 24 year old male, and about eight months ago, I moved to a new city that's very popular for young people and post grads. Could be Austin. Uh, I didn't know anyone other than three older girls that I went to college with. Here's the deal. I very quickly started hooking up with one of those girls. Shocker. And over the course of the next few months, I would quickly be integrated into the friend group. Here we go. While me and this girl started as a casual hookup, we started going on dates frequently and eventually staying over at each other's places three or four nights a week. Several times, I told her that I wanted to make things serious, and she told me she was not ready. Uh, when I would then try to end things to protect myself, she would say the right things to lead me to believe things would change and start moving in the right direction. After seven plus months of this relationship, I certainly fell in love with this girl. How could I not? 
But as of last week, it was too much of a give with so little consideration from my side of things or feelings that it had to end. My question, how do I deal with this heartbreak when the entire time I've been in this new city, I've been with her and literally all of my friends in this city are close friends to her. So the support system goes to her as well, leaving me to deal with it alone. Thanks and Saldials, stand up. Shouts to the Saldial. Love and unrequited love question. Yeah, love, like this hits all the bases on unrequited love. Friend group, like being on, not on your side too because you're you're too close to them. This hits like the not a two-way street thing even though there was some hookup involved. This hits like she's like kind of was trying to keep them, keep them there. Yeah. But not. This is just your ugh. classic, classic, classic unrequited love. Okay, mm-hmm. so here's the thing. Nothing feels as lonely as being in love with somebody and them not loving you back. Sure. Plus, you've already got no friends. Sorry, dude. It sounds like he doesn't have any other friends. Yeah. Which sucks. And that only amplifies that. But I would argue that when you're in love with someone who doesn't love you back, it doesn't matter how many friends you have because you're so involved in that situation that you even the support of your friends, mm-hmm. like you tend to ignore, or at least that's yeah. how I acted when I was in love with people who did not love me back. <laughs> because even when your friends are being the voice of reason, being like, he doesn't like you. Mm-hmm. He's fucking you over. <laughs> he ignores you for two weeks and then calls you again. Like all of those things you don't listen to because you're in love with the other person and right. you don't care. So just know that even though it feels like you don't have any friends, Everyone who's in love with someone who doesn't love them back feels like this, mm-hmm. even when they have friends to support them. But this really sucks. She sucks. I think people who get into <clears throat> relationships like this, this is just this is why this exists all over the world and is the most classic thing ever because everyone has been one of two parties, okay? Everyone has been the person who has been in love with somebody mm-hmm. who didn't love them back. That would be me. Everyone has been the person who led someone else on with no intention of ever dating them because it feels good to be loved even though you don't want to give that person all of you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've been been both. Every single person has been one or the other. That is my new theory. Okay. Ooh, okay. But at least- Men and women can't be platonic friends. Yeah. Best friends. And everyone's been on one side of unrequited love. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Which one's Randy, you think? Randy's been in love with someone who doesn't love him back. Oh, that's... He didn't even confirm that, but I could just tell by the facial expression. Yeah. Sorry, Randy. Uh, Okay. First of all, good on this guy for realizing his self-worth and getting out of it. Well, that's my question is be like... Are you right to cut it off completely? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, because here's why. You have to. Yeah, I guess you do. When You're that right. when that's happening to you, there's so many moments of like self-realization where you're like, this is fucked up. I'm being let on. This person doesn't like me. We're never going to date. And you go through this emotion like on a cycle, depending on how long your cycle is. Mine was like every two weeks. <laughs> uh but, you know, maybe yours is longer or shorter depending on 
what it is, but mm-hmm. mine would be two weeks. It'd be like, we would hook up. I would like be like, I'm in love with him. Ghost me. Totally ghost me. Like, then I'd be like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. He's a piece of shit. My friends are right. He does not like me. He doesn't care about me at all. I need to grow up. I've got to get my shit together. He, like, moving on from him, whatever. And, and then one text, like, drunk text Friday night, like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh my God, he loves me. <laughs> like, so bad. And then that cycle would repeat itself for three years, like, or whatever of college. Um, it's really the, the only like getting over something like that is really difficult when you don't have some other thing like to push you towards it. So like Correct. you yes. move away from each other, uh, you fall in love with someone else, which arguably is like probably the hardest thing to do because you're so infatuated with one person, you are very closed off to being into other people. And you're comparing other people. Right. To somebody you put on a pedestal. <clears throat> And you're obsessed with. Uh, So the fact that this guy, and hopefully this is like the end. Hopefully he's actually been like, we're done. Not continuing this anymore. You're never going to give me what I deserve, et cetera. Right? Hopefully that's it. Because hopefully this isn't him just doing it. And then Uh like she's going to text him in three weeks. Like around Thanksgiving. Be like, I miss you for the holidays. Do you want to come to our Friendsgiving? Yeah. And he's going to give right back in. So to this guy, stay strong. She is does not deserve you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something from Tinks that I always love. Mm-hmm. They always come back or their lives get worse. Okay. Ooh, so goodness. she is <laughs> guaranteed in a few weeks, she's gonna come running back to you mm-hmm. or her life is gonna get infinitely worse. Okay. So you just gotta let that happen. And when she comes back, you just say, nope, just cut it off, be strong. Brett and I are going to be the friends that you need to tell you, fuck her, be strong. I'm sorry that you're going through this. Okay. That's all aside. Karma's a cat. Karma's a cat and my boyfriend and my hair, the breeze, my hair, whatever. Right, right, right. But the other part that sucks is all of your friends in the city are connected to her. So it's really hard for you to continue having friendships with people who are possibly taking her side. Although, to be fair, I have a feeling that many of her friends probably knew what she was doing, watched it happen, Loki felt bad for him, mm-hmm. et cetera. I think you – it's not – okay. For me, it's like – it's not like some horrible breakup where like one of them cheated and people have to take sides. This is like sure. watching two friends hook up and be like, God, Sarah's never going to give him the time of day. Like mm, This is going to go poorly. And then – and then – People can still be his friend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think he still reaches out to people. Maybe just not one of the three girls that are the closest. That And that was my one sort of devil's advocate. I was like, well, was there a diplomatic solution here that you could take where it's just like, if you can stomach it, can we be friends and you keep the friend group? I don't think in the case of like infatuation, that's possible. But if it was like, if you, if you, maybe you met somebody else. And that's the other point I wanted to make is that is the solution is one time and two meeting someone else, meeting somebody else or having somebody else to put your, that part of your brain, as John Mayer likes to say, like the part of your brain that's working like that, at least it's working. That's a Mm -hmm. good thing. Uh, And two, 
once that shifts onto somebody else, the previous situation seems to melt away and melt away quickly. Yeah. I but think if you can't if you don't want to stomach that in the near term with being like, hey, cool, let's just be friends. I'm just like I I I'm friends with your group. I would like to continue that. You and I can be fine and right. don't worry about it. If I were him, I would reach out to the friends in his group that like he is closest with one to kind of like confide in and be like, this has been really difficult, whatever. Sure. Yeah. If they're... This has been going on mm-hmm. if they don't know. And two, I would also reach out to the people who are like most distance from this girl. Right. So like there's always there's people in the group that she's not best friends with. Right. Sure. Hang yeah. out with those people. Yeah. But I mean, then it then it also goes back to the, everything we say to everybody when they're moving to a new city about making new friends is like, okay, you're 24. It feels difficult to like make new friends. Guess what? It feels difficult to make new friends at 33. It feels difficult to make new friends at 40. Mm-hmm. You just have to like, honestly, ha- give no shits, have no shame, and just start texting people from work or somebody that you met through a mutual friend or join a softball league or whatever it is, put yourself out there. No one ever, ever has said to somebody like, see that guy Brett moved here like four autumns ago and he is trying to be friends with like people he doesn't know. Like what a weirdo. No, people, people meet in all kinds of ways and there's way less pressure because you're, well, actually, that's false. There's probably way more pressure than like finding a significant other and finding an adult friend. <laughs> yeah, adult, adult friends. Man. But the thing is, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're like, oh, I'm busy. Yeah. Okay. It's not like you have a romantic interest in this person. Th- that I think is this is a two part question, but finding friends when you're an adult is really difficult. Of course. And, and we, we talk about it all the time. There's so many different phases of life. You're going to go through so many different types of friends. Who knows where you're going to find your next friend, but it's really important to be open and not let the insecurity, shyness, uh, you know, anxiety parts of your mind deter you from being open to just like hanging out with someone new. Mm -hmm. That could be said for both intimate relationships and friendships. But I think as, you know, when you're a kid, you don't give a shit about any of that. You just like go up to somebody and you're like, Hey, like we're both wearing maroon. Like let's go play. Mm-hmm. And then as an adult, all of the stuff that you've been conditioned to think starts creeping into your head. So then you're like sitting at a bar, your favorite activity, instead of like just striking up a conversation with the dude next to you, we're like, oh my God, like what if they're busy? Like what if they're working? Like what if they hate me? What if they hate redheads? What if they like what if they have too many friends? What if they like we just start putting all this shit in our own head instead of just being like, hey, like. Do you like that drink, man? Like, mm-hmm. that's really easy. But we ourselves, we're our own worst enemy. We like keep ourselves from creating friends. I agree. That's why I use the third party method. Yeah. Get the bartender involved in somebody next to you. Could be uh, for for approaching somebody too. Yeah. Always so, have a third party. I mean, this is going to suck. It's going to suck getting over somebody. I think not being around her is probably the best option. Mm-hmm. I think picking the friends in the friend group that are least close to her or like understand your side to hang out with you one-on-one. Yep. And then just do the shit that we tell everyone, you know, 
tell everyone about making friends in a new city, get saying, involved. Saying yes, getting involved, getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of your going apartment, out with somebody from work who like has the same interests as you, who has the same, you know, who's the same age as you. Getting a dog. Yeah. <laughs> making uh Joining. incredibly life altering decisions like getting a dog or financially irresponsible things like buying a boat. And like this all comes from somebody that has been there and if someone told me right now, like if you told me, Brett, you're like, you got to go out and like make a new friend today. Yeah. I'd probably Ooh, what would pee you my do? pants. I mean, I'm going to just go about my day mm-hmm. doing my regular shit, which today is going to be voting. Going oh, I, to got, the, I got mine in yesterday. Nice. Uh, going to the dealership to get my tires checked and then uh, going to the post office. And if that, if you tell me like you have to make a new friend, get someone's mm. number today, I'm Ooh. just going to do what I normally do and just try to strike up conversations with people even if it's phyllis who's the voting person okay they're extremely nice people i'm gonna just do the regular shit i do and then just start being open which as somebody who is an introvert i would like i would used to consider myself an extrovert but now i feel like i'm an introvert that's really difficult for me of course but if i had to do it I would just do it. You'd get it done? Because you just have to remind yourself, like, every other person is walking through their life feeling the same shit that I'm feeling. Like, very few people are just confident enough to go up to somebody and be like, hey, I'm Brett. Like, want to, like, get a drink? Can't do it. Mental block. I think that that's, like, a one percent of people have that kind of confidence. I Probably, yeah. Just to have the, the straight up, hey, someone I'm out Brett. is so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, this this I this sucks for this guy. I'm really sorry. It is. I will be here in your DMs if you need me to be your strong friend being like when she calls you being like do not answer. Yeah. You're the you're the best friend that that blocks their number. They're just like, "Nope. They're out." Because you know what? As when I said you have friends but you don't listen to them, that is true, but you do need someone who's like forceful. <clears throat> you do. You need you need the the friend that's not rooting for the the rom-com situation. But you know what? That could be too. That could be a long-distance friend. It doesn't have to be. They sure. don't have to be yeah, physically present. Right call, call one of your friends from college. Call your brother. Call your sister. Mm-hmm. Totally. Ma- like, make them be the one who reminds you what you've been through the past seven months. Or maybe you pick up a hobby. Maybe yeah. that, that hobby might be grilling if, if you're so inclined. Or cooking. Or cooking. But... If you want the best for that hobby, ButcherBox is your solution. Sally, ButcherBox takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust. Simple as that. You don't need to go to the grocery store. Don't need to stand in line at the deli. Don't need to do all that. ButcherBox brings meat to your door. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. They're all humanely raised with no antibiotics or added Hormones. Easy as that. Get just what you want delivered right to your doorstep. Free shipping for the continental U.S. and no surprise fees. You can choose from a variety of of box plan options from curated to customize and change your plan whenever you want. Uh, Butcher Botch got me some turkey the other weekend. Nice. So good. Delightful. Delightful, juicy, and that's the thing with turkey. It can get dry quickly. Everybody knows that. Not Butcher Botch turkey. I did it up just right. Nice little turkey sandwich. Mm. Mm. Got me thinking about Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is around the corner. 
So get ButcherBox now. Enjoy a range of high-quality cuts that are hard to come by at the grocery store at an amazing value, plus exclusive member deals so you can save bait on your favorite cuts, recipe inspiration, guides, tips, and hacks so you can cook up mouth-watering meals are all a part of the ButcherBox experience. This summer, I was all over ButcherBox. I had a meat freezer full of stuff, and I hopped on the grill over my apartment complex all the time because uh, it turns out grilling meat makes it taste better than just doing it in the oven or air fry, which are still good. But man, when you hop on the grill, oh, they like ButcherBox uh, steak tip kebabs. Unbelievable. It sounds great. Unbelievable. Shouts to ButcherBox for that. So this uh, Thanksgiving, let ButcherBox help you out. The main course for Thanksgiving dinner can sometimes be a main source of stress. Not anymore. ButcherBox is offering our listeners free turkey with their first order. Again, sign up today at butcherbox.com slash mail-in and use code mail-in to get one 10 to 14-pound turkey free in your first box. That's butcherbox.com slash mail-in and use code mail-in to claim this deal. You're, you're just getting a free Thanksgiving dinner started with ButcherBox. It's incredible. That's incredible. Let's do the next one, Sally. What's up, Brett and Sal? Love the podcast. Quick question about gifting for a sig- uh, significant other. Girlfriend and I are coming up on one year. Congratulations. She really loves this local jewelry shop where we live. I'm thinking of a custom piece for her. Looking to include something special to us on the inside part of a bracelet or a necklace. Is one year too early for jewelry? I don't think it would be that weird. More of a really cool gift. But I don't want to be stepping out of line if this is something more focused for longer relationships. Thanks. What do you think about one year gifting jewelry? I don't think this is a problem. I think one year is probably the first point where it is. I agree. Cool. I agree with that. Like you're not ripping a three-month necklace for Christmas type of thing. Right. Because that's still kind of the, the intro phase. But one year, I think, is is definitely okay. One year's okay. Custom is cool. I personally always think never get her a ring that's not an engagement ring. Oh, that's def- That's my heart and fast rule about jewelry. Definitely. Give me whatever jewelry you want. If we're not engaged yet, don't give me a ring. Yeah, that is, I think that's rule number one. Yeah. I, I For what I, like, intuitively, I have that, like, don't do that unless it's an engagement right. ring, too. But, like, as far as jewelry, okay, here's here's the other caveat, though. <laughs> oh, Bless your little hearts. Oh. Okay. Men getting women jewelry. Yeah. Just like it's it's a sweet gesture. We love mm-hmm. it. You don't. <laughs> Unless they specifically tell you, like, I like this, you gotta tread lightly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I have been party to too many of my friends getting jewelry from their significant others, boyfriends, husbands, etc., where they're like, I got this. It is hideous, but I have to wear it four times. So that I can prove that I liked it. Yeah. Like Will is smart enough now. Will rarely gets me jewelry. And the few times that he has have always, he's always knocked it out of the park because it's been something that I specifically wanted. Like I was like, I want this, this ring. I'm currently wearing it actually. Uh, I want this bracelet, Mm -hmm. you know, like I want these earrings and he's gotten basically that. 
Uh, he also, the great thing about me is that I have sisters so that when he did pick out my engagement ring, um, or any other jewelry, it's always gone through another sister been like, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to get this for Sally thoughts. What do you think? Whatever. Don't think you can go at it alone based on, unless you're just like super in tune with what she wears jewelry wise. Mm -hmm. Jewelry is so specific and it's something that people like wear every day is basically a part of their personality. People are very specific about whether they want gold or silver. Uh, or rose gold or. Right. So. Holy cow. If you're going to spend money on something and jewelry tends to be expensive. Make sure it's something that she's going to like. And I know that that's hard for people who want to like surprise people with gifts. Mm -hmm. But getting a friend involved being like, I'm thinking about doing this. Do you think she would like it? Is always very important because you don't want to spend all this time, especially on a custom piece that she is going to get and pretend to like and then actually hate. <laughs> and you... I hate to tell that y'all that that's happening, but it is happening. No, it, it is. And that's. I've probably, I'm sure I've been guilty of that in the past. Yeah. Like, as I've moved through relationships, gotten a lot better about being like, oh, this is not my call, but I will happily figure out how to still make it, a, not a surprise, but like, yeah, still make it nice and fun, but it's also like, this has been vetted multiple times. I, d I don't know a single person that's like, <laughs> he completely surprised <laughs> me out of, you know, left field with this piece of jewelry and I loved it. Right. Most of the time when people are getting jewelry, it's like shit they like that they wanted that they've already talked about. It's hard to, I, I, even if you know so much about your partner, mm -hmm. it's hard to be like, oh, she's never mentioned this, but I think it's going to go well. Yeah, no doubt. That's my only tip is like get someone else involved or maybe just even ask her about it yourself. Do you think the custom part here is cool out of year yeah i think so too i'm thinking like you know it'll, it'll be a date or something on the on the inside of an a or like an initial or, or like a like a funny like they maybe they have a, a funny phrase that they kind of they've inside joke or something like that i think that's cool at a year but i think a year is probably the the minimum the minimum yeah yeah i think we got i think we nailed this one one year minimum for nice jewelry if you want to do like a she was a pair of earrings at the beach or something like that. You did like a fun, you know, expensive jewelry, I guess, is the, what I'm I mean, to say. did I have friends who got a, like a pair of Kinder Scott earrings for Christmas from their boyfriend of six months? Yes, I did. Sure. Yeah. No doubt. But like, think about if you're giving a nice piece of jewelry, I'm, I'm it saying needs custom. To be, yeah. yeah. Like if you're cracking mid triple digits here. Yeah. With some sort of custom element. Well, let's let's take it to a year. Yeah. Let's do the next one, Sally. Hello. So I grew up in a smallish town and recently reconnected with an old friend. Call him an old friend, Sally. He is single and I am recently single. Here we go, Randy. I really like him, but we live 10 hours away from each other. He has said before that long distance is hard for him, but I wish he would give it a shot. I don't want to freak him out, but if things went well, I'd be willing to relocate in the next year or two. Since that convo where he mentioned long distance being hard, we've talked here and there, but not in a romantic way at all. What do I do if I like him, but I'm worried his feelings have changed, Sally? 
Okay. We I guess I, I kind of feel like she's getting ahead of herself. We're getting way over our skis here. But the other thing is, is she like worried that he's not into it because they live 10 hours away and he's like, I would, I don't even want to like try to like romantically be into her because of long distance. I mean, I think, yeah, but what what I see here is that it's sort of like the shiny new toy effect. Yeah. She's recently single. It's kind of the, oh, this this is where our, our man's from the last question is going to get to this point where he's single and he's like, okay, I'm ready. He's going to meet somebody and there's going to be a caveat. Ten hours away, doesn't align XYZ value-wise, doesn't, you know, and but it's but it's so tempting and so and so intoxicating that you're like oh I'll, I'll just move for this person that and this I, person's like whoa hold yeah. on a second so I think that like my red flag here is that like they've talked only a couple times and never in a romantic way so she's just like harboring a crush and they said or she said maybe they used to uh, be talking in a romantic way. Maybe some sexting going on here, Sally. Uh, but as soon as the long distance convo they had, that's when it stopped. The romantic stuff. Okay. So that's why I'm just like, I don't think he wants long distance. I don't. And now I'm nervous that she's going to try to um, solve that problem by moving. I don't think she's trying to solve that problem. I think she's trying to say, like, we could start something and I'd be open to being in the same city as you. Correct. And I just think he is like, ah. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. Um, okay. So she has a crush. Yep. Totally. And uh, if he were into you, he would make it work. That That's all I have that's to say. The, like, I think that's the hard, he, the hard he truth here. If he were into you and he wanted to pursue something with you, even if he was scared of long distance relationships, he would keep talking to you in a romantic way and then just see where it goes. I think that's the hard truth here. This is what sucks about giving this kind of advice because it's like, what do you tell somebody to like just stop being attracted to somebody? But yeah, that's that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. If if y'all had something going and then he's like, hey, I don't want anything long distance and now it's fizzled out or if y'all didn't have something going but you've kind of reconnected and he's just slyly mentioned like hey i don't want anything long distance and then nothing ever came of it that was him telling you like hey cool that we reconnected i don't want anything to do with you romantically you're you're absolutely correct and that's the that's the hard truth is that because guess what if he different person he's into, he's starting a long distance relationship, whether they're San Francisco to New York. Yes, that's correct. When somebody wants to date you, they want to date you. Yep, and I just don't have anything really better to say than that. Is somebody's if somebody's not into long distance and they're telling you that, that is because they're not as into you. I mean, it, and that's he also could not be in long distance, but like. I don't. Yeah, I don't think anybody's like loves long distance, but yeah, I, th- I think that's just a case here where you just need to s- step back a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Next one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hi, Brett and Sally. Love the podcast and washed. Thank you. 
I'll get right into it. In February, my husband left a job at a startup after working there for three years. Uh, he was consistently working 60 to 80 hour weeks and felt like he needed a break, which is totally fair. And I supported his decision to get some well-earned rest. However, nine months later, he is no closer to finding a new job and quite honestly doesn't seem that bothered by it. Uh, when I occasionally ask him what he's interested in doing next, he'll keep saying generic things like, yeah, I'm working on my resume or putting out feelers, and then we'll quickly change the subject. I totally understand that he needed some time to unwind uh, from his previous job, and I don't want to add pressure to the situation, but honestly, I find it concerning that he won't talk to me about it and isn't actively applying or networking. I'd even understand if he told me like, hey, I need a little more time to decompress from startup life, but my goal is to have a job again in the next six months. He's mentioned a couple times that he doesn't know what he wants to do next, and I feel badly that uh, as that's a tricky situation to be in, and I'm not sure what to do to help him figure that out. I'm becoming increasingly frustrated by his lack of initiative to take the next step, especially as I work from home in a one-bedroom apartment, and he is around a lot. Here's some additional context. Uh, he has enough money to save, or save to pay rent, groceries, etc., and he's good about doing a lot of the grocery shopping, cooking, and chores while I'm busy during the week, which I do appreciate, so it's not a situation where he's not contributing financially or with home tasks. My question, is it reasonable to have a tough love conversation and push him to make a plan, or should I leave this up to him? I'm not trying to be overbearing, but as someone who likes to plan, I'm getting fed up. Uh, it makes me sad that he won't clearly communicate and keeps brushing me off. Any tips on how to approach this with him are greatly appreciated. Rough. Oh, yeah. Okay. Two things. <clears throat> this is about, one, him not having a job, but also it's about communication. That's what we talk about on this podcast all the time. Okay. <laughs> If you, uh, I don't know, th this is how my relationship works. Maybe this isn't the case for everybody. If if the one person that's in your life that's like married to you, your partner, they're with you for the long haul, 24-7, 365 for the rest of your lives, can't be open to you about what their hopes and dreams are, that's an issue. Okay. Houston, we have a problem. So... I mean, she recognizes that. Sure. Obviously, there is some stuff going on with him, but absolutely a uh, little come to Jesus, you know, tough love intervention is in order, okay? Mm -hmm. Because if, if he's telling anybody, it should be you, your wife, his wife. Correct. Okay? So sitting him down and being like, I don't know what's going on, but like, I need you to tell me how you feel about X, Y, Z. I realized that leaving the startup was necessary and that you wanted a break. What's your plan? And you obviously don't want to come out like attacking him, but being like, no. I, it's hard for me to like understand where your head's at because we never really have a full conversation about it. Like, do you need more time? That's fine. I'm here to support you, whatever you want, but I need to kind of know where you're coming from so that I don't sit here and resent you. Yes. Um, conversations like this are really difficult. A lot of times the person can feel attacked. It's a great time to employ a third party. I'm talking about a 
couples counselor. Uh, Some people are not as open to that. But I also feel like this is could lead to some major problems in your marriage for multiple reasons. One, lack of communication on his part about like what his, you know, goal is supporting y'all in the long run, uh, doing his part in the marriage. And it sounds like he's doing that for now, Mm -hmm. but like, you can't just keep making money out of nowhere. Like you have to have a job eventually. Sure. Then you have the added problem of these people around each other way too much because she works at home. He doesn't have a job, so he's at home. So everything he's doing is probably annoying the shit out of her. It's so easy to resent somebody when you're doing work and they're not. Yes. Like, it's so frustrating. Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> it is like, I, I think that was really hard for Will and I in the pandemic when I was, my work hours got reduced. We, did, we didn't, we weren't needed as much at the hospital. Sure. So I would be home for like a week and Will would be working and he would be like, Oh my God, like you got to get out of my space. Like we were in a one bedroom apartment. It's really hard. You yeah. don't have another place to go. And especially during COVID, like I couldn't like leave. No, and co- yeah, COVID, I, cause I was going to say like one of the most attractive things to me is like ambition and drive and like that kind of thing. COVID erase all that. Like yeah. that doesn't, if somebody loses their job because of COVID and is home for six months, like that doesn't, doesn't count to me, I right. guess. Um, but, but now, now it's different. Yeah. Being, being cooped up in the same apartment, seeing each other every day. Like there is a reason why people do better. Like think about your own siblings or your best friends when you're around them so much, you start just like bickering. It's the same for married couples. Like you need time apart, have other hobbies, have other interests, have different jobs so that you can come back and like enjoy each other's company instead of being stuck with that person all day. Yeah. I, you're totally but, right. And but I, I think for her explaining to him, like out of everything, I need to know where your head's at so I can support you. Right. Correct. Like, yeah. Like, let's take two steps back to move a step forward. Like, let's not talk about the job. Let's not talk about your plans. Let's talk about like, where are you at right now? And you're right. like, where's your, where's your headspace? So then we can, okay, then we can move forward. Like, do you want a job? Right. And if he's like, no, I don't want a job. Like, is that where this is coming from? Or is he embarrassed by that he's, he can't find one? Is there right. a, a bruised ego that the startup didn't, you know, result in financial, you know, a financial windfall that they don't need to worry about working anymore? Is there some sort of like, what is the the underlying so that we can... Address it. And address move that and move forward accordingly. Like, is there a lack of options? Is there? Is he worried about money? Is he getting in his so in his own head about? Because I like I'm thinking just from a guy's standpoint here. There's there's a lot of ego involved in being unemployed. There's a lot of like, um, I'm better than this job, so I'm not going to take it because I'm I should be making this four hundred thousand dollar job, but I'm not going to take this. $80,000 gig because I'm like, I, I'm, I'm above that. Like right. I can see that happening, especially in a startup world. So I think it's, you need to you need to kind of figure out, and this is where the tough love conversation comes in, is what lane is he in? Yeah. Is this a mental thing? Is this an ego thing? Is this a motivation thing? Is there um, something deeper? Is he having a fight with his parents? Or like, is, what's what's going on here? And then we can kind of pick the lane. Is he, he too comfortable? Is he is he 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I hesitate to just say, oh, I'm good on savings for like a while. Yeah. But how, how that's just taking your savings away. So, you, you know, you're living in a one bedroom apartment. Maybe you want a house or a two bedroom apartment and that's. Or a child. Gonna, right. Um, yeah. Okay. Here's my advice. First of all, identify how you feel about it and write it down in some sort of like, whether it's a note on your phone or actually on pen and paper, but like you have to identify your feelings first. So like you were just saying, like, what are your actual feelings surrounding his job and why is it bothering you? Yeah. Are you mad? Are you unattracted to him? Is it it, like identify all of those things? Like, you know, you're worried about him. You want to support him. Uh, You're a little bit resenting him that he's not working. You are. You're in each other's space too much and you need time apart during the day so that you can, like, actually have a good relationship. Uh, you're worried about his lack of ambition. That's unattractive to you. Okay. All of those things, okay, just write down any thought you have about it. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to turn it into a template for a conversation that doesn't seem super harsh like you're coming at him from all angles. Like, I think you're a piece of shit and I'm unattracted to you because you're not, you don't have any ambition and you're in my space too much because that's just going to make him feel attacked. Sure. So you're going to write down all those things. Then you're going to come up with some talking points and then you're going to approach him. Now, I think what you said is like going back to him, first of all, being like, where's your head at? What, like, Tell me everything you feel about the surrounding. And then depending on how that conversation goes, it's either going to lead to more conversations. As I said, I always think having a third party available is a very good spot. So mm-hmm. if, if it becomes super heated and you need to step back and say like, okay, let's take some time and like take a break from this so that we can not be screaming at each other and like create a fight. Or I think that we should see a couple's counselor so that we can talk about this in like a very productive way. That's the hard part about having these conversations with somebody is your feelings are very easily misconstrued to someone else as like attacks. Sure. Absolutely. And that is like the basis of all fights is like someone says something and the other person switch tracks it and says, oh, you said that um, you you know, you are okay with me doing groceries or whatever, but like now I just feel like you've totally relegated that role to me and I'm you're just diminishing me or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. people will turn around stuff in their head however they want and you have to be very clear with what your feelings are. So identifying your own feelings first, keeping an open communication, but that's why I always think having someone else available a professional who could say like, that's okay. Hold on, Matt. That's not what Sarah meant. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, but identify what you feel first, have a tough love conversation with him. Let him know that you support him. If it starts getting heated, take breaks. But for me, this is, this is a, I mean, you're married, but like, this is a deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. I would be upset. I'm not telling you how to feel. I'm not trying to tell her how to feel, but this is worth having a conversation for because your husband and wife, if it was like your boyfriend, you're like, okay, like we cannot do this because I'm not going to marry somebody who's like this yeah, or your roommate or your brother or whatever. Like those relationships you don't have to be as aggressive about because there's other people involved, but like this is your partner. Totally. They affect your future. Mm-hmm. So and you're literally your connected. happiness yeah. 
is tied to their happiness. Yeah. Your future is tied to theirs. Your, you know, all of your wins and losses are together. So yes, if you have a problem with it and it's been eating at you, you have got to talk to him about it. Agreed. Agreed. Good luck. Uh, good luck. Do you know what I don't have a problem with though? What? My footwear. Wow. Sally, because Rothy's is the most comfortable shoe that I own straight out of the box, no doubt. Rothy's has been a partner in crime, a wingman, a, uh, a, a, a buddy, a friend in need for the years at this point that Rothy's has been supporting us. Say goodbye to the break-in period. You usually have to go through with other shoes. Their soft, flexible material and wildly comfortable insoles make them one of the most wearable shoes right out of the box. And if dirty sneakers are your greatest pet peeve, well, then rest easy. Because Rothy's shoes are 100% machine washable thanks to their sustainably made material, so you never have to worry about dirtying them up. They're knit with 100% recycled materials, uh, and even the sneaker laces are made from recycled, single-use plastic bottles. And now Rothy's just launched two brand-new sneaker styles, the RS02, which is a more relaxed lace-up that's like a T-shirt for your feet, and the City Slip-On Sneaker, a refined luxe slip-on, finally, in a men's size range. No wonder Rothy's best-selling men's shoes get a five-star review from almost every customer. You're, you're a fan of Rothy's too, right? I love them. Love my Rothy's. The white with the gum soles and the blue accent, uh, style them up, style them down, really doesn't matter, and they just look good. And their fall line is unbelievable too. They have the uh, these like wool kind of driving loafers. Like, are you kidding me? Look absolutely phenomenal. Uh, they've been a wedding shoe staple of mine, especially mm -hmm. like like a beach wedding that I went to this year. And I'm checking out these artist O2s now, the new ones. Oh, clean as can be. I might have to get those navy ones right off the bat. Um, anyway. Rothy's is amazing sneakers. Everybody knows that. Two classic new styles that I talked about, and you can throw them in the wash if they get dirty. That's the best part. Can't beat it. This season, find out why people fall hard. See what they did there? For Rothy's. With new shoes, bags, and more for everybody, you can snag something for yourself or someone you love. Here's how. For a limited time, get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash mail. That's $20 off at R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-A-I-L. Sally, before we get out of here, do you have any shower thoughts? Do you have any shower thoughts? I have two. Okay, you go with yours first. Okay, number one, uh, new T-Swift album dropped. I don't know if you... Uh, you know about that <laughs> did i i was thinking about the the marketing of taylor swift and how her last couple albums she's kind of gone and as this shift to like this cottage core like autumn core has taken over in this country and like this cultural thing yeah she's she's right there with it she's owning the the dreary fall sweater weather days okay and it started like she's just autumn breeze falling down like you know um hair and breeze like she is owning the season with her music as the cultural shift from like i don't know like 80s was like beach culture and fun and summer and cocaine and 
now we are like sad and divided. So it's now it's like fall and, um, you know, like cold and cottagey and, and Taylor Swift is right there with it. I just think it's such a smart. Well, she's always released albums in the fall. Which makes sense. Um, when people are at their like angstiest, even and moodiest, her like poppy stuff was released. Really? really? Yeah. I see. I, I would, I would, I'm, as a as a tr- true TS girl, Swifty, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of her albums were released like in September, October, November, and it's so smart because people are like like summer music is kind of cl- either classics or upbeat and new. Like Taylor Swift just owns the season, yeah. And it's just it's I don't know. I, I, my shower thought was just thinking about like how smart is she to keep to keep up with this like what is going on culturally we could do like a full deep dive podcast about it maybe i will do one on patreon but like literally Mm -hmm. i mean as a lyricist and singer entertainer i think she's very smart i know people have their thoughts about her uh i think People maybe give her too much credit. They like think that yeah. she's doing all these cryptic things that are like all woven together over years and years and years. And I do think she does some of that, but I think that maybe now her fans and the like presence of social media and how many things are available to, you know, the average consumer via the internet now. People like are like, oh my god, she wore this outfit, and Scooter Braun's wife wore these two outfits, and it was a mix of those two outfits, and she's calling out Scooter Braun. Da, 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 da. Like, I don't think she's that purposeful in everything she does. I think they're like people are just making it happen. I think she leans into it though. But she leans into it. And she yeah. owns it. Like, and as somebody who's like always been pretty dramatic, like <laughs> I feel like she really, when she was thirteen, and like writing her first albums and doing all that like she has grown up but she's kept that same sense of like uh calling people out on her away message you know what yeah, i'm saying like sure yeah subtly not so subtly mm-hmm. like i love that i love the like the dig that like we clearly know are about certain people but like she's not gonna straight up say like scooter Braun, you suck like she's just gonna like continue to reference him and like that's the kind of like 13-year-old girl should I live for. Like I personally love a good like like petty like petty tweet that's just like hey you fucked me over but I'm going to say it in my tweets and then people will definitely know that you're talking I'm talking totally. about you but like so you didn't actually say it so you so yeah. but people have to put the pieces together. It's like leaving uh, And I know that that's like a little childish and dramatic yeah, but I like mean, that's her. That's her Who brand. Who doesn't love being a little childish and dramatic? I saw this tweet. It said Taylor Swift fandom is QAnon for people who are a pleasure to have in class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like, nailed it. That's that's fantastic. No, I, I'm uh, less of like a fan of the lyricist Taylor Swift. Mostly, and, and music in general for me has always been more about the melodies and hooks. I, oh, I, so I could I'm care a less gal. about like yeah. people love this song because the lyrics. I'm like, that song stinks. Because I just, I don't get hooked. I don't earworm. I don't, you know, there's nothing about it. And that's kind of, uh, we're talking about this album. There's a lot of bops. Yeah. And no bangers for me. I, I will, I will actually, listen the more to them. That I, the but more that I'm listening to it, the more I'm a fan. I'm not a, I'm not, not a first, fan. Yeah. First listen through, I was like, this might not be your best work. Second listen through, the more I listen, the more I'm into it. Yeah. And that's, and, and I'm still listening to it. Listen to it in the car this morning. 
a lot of bops, a lot of nod. No, a little like a little sh- like shimmer and then bejeweled. Great, uh-huh. great little part. But then I would like I put on Cruel Summer, and I was like, oh, if this song was on the album, it would be like everybody would be going crazy about it. Yeah. And it's not even like I don't I don't I don't see a single on this one. You know, I, I don't know. I like it, but it's just boppy. And it's great for the for the winter, the fall. So Cruel Summer is your T Swift banger. Oh, Cruel Summer is a banger, banger, and it never got the credit that it should have. Yeah, it's an under the radar banger. It is. Speaking of music, I'm just I'm also uh, I'm also very uh, happy with the new like kind of the pop punk resurgence that's going on, and not just like alternative music, but people actually getting back into the like. Oh, I chimed in. Haven't you people ever like the angsty side of pop punk? I don't know. Do you want to? Maybe keep I'm just nostalgic. Or... I can. I can if you'd like. My other thought, Sally, uh, before we jump out of here, is that the Merriman Spooky Monster Bash is this weekend. I I'm aware. Just want to say, there's a lot of hype for a certain cheese ball that uh, Randy's I'm making. Just put this out there right now. It's Wednesday morning. I do not have a costume yet. I don't want to. I don't want to name names, but uh, somebody at this company it might happened. have might have told us that, and said you are on brick watch for the costume. I don't care if I brick watch. I don't. I don't give a shit. To be honest, <laughs> I might not even dress up. <laughs> so I just shows up to I, my, I'm, I'm my on... apartment. That's like I'm. I'm a mom. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Like I put a lot of thought into Fritz's costume. <laughs> I'm on call that day. There's a chance I like show up in scrubs legitimately for oh, call and go. I'm just like, I don't care. That's fine. Sorry. I'm going to go raid a friend's costume closet later. But like, <sighs> I just am feeling very uncreative and mm. no one wanted to do my sexy baby costume with me. So. Got it. Sexy. Oh, T-Swift. Because everybody's a sexy baby. You could be a car. You could be a cat. Just be like, I'm karma. Yeah, no. So there's a chance a I literally show up in like sweatpants and a t-shirt and like not ironically. I that's just what I'm gonna be wearing. You gonna play flip cup with us? Sure. That's cool. Um I'm looking at my my appetizer list right now. It's it's gonna be a banger. I think Will and I are gonna do a little date night pre I know he said that. Possibly carve. <laughs> oh, okay. I heard there was carve or ranch six one six in the ranch six one six is is already reserved. So. Oh, okay. The wor- the worry with Carve, and Dave mentioned this too, because it's literally seven feet from my apartment, so it was kind of everybody's staging area to get a glass of wine or two. Yeah. Um, not as costume friendly as perhaps the Ranch 616. If you have something that you're really going for, like I do, like Randy does, like Dave does, it's tough to wear a costume. So do you know what everyone's being? A few people, yeah. Okay. People don't know what I'm being, but I just I don't. Randy, Randy, I, I told Randy drunkenly. I know that I'm not going to be the best costume, so like my my give a shit is really low, and not that I'm like not excited for the party, but I'm more excited for the party than the costume. So I'm like, I'm not going to be up there. Winning. Does the whole costume, like couples costume thing, kind of hit a little less when you're married? And no, I, if there was like a good couples costume, I'd be down. Okay, but like again. I'm not that creative. And when somebody had like asked Lily and I a couple of weeks ago about cool couples costumes and like topical mm-hmm. stuff, I'm like, I don't even fucking know what's cool. So like, yeah, I, I mean, I, not that, not that it would be like snarky and fun and like a cool couples costume. Right. Just, right. 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 
So I'm going to maybe wear like a, a tiger zip up. There you go. Be a you heard it here first. Furry or whatever they're called. Sally's going to be a tiger. That's going to do it for the Mail On Podcast. Sally, thank you to thank all who you. listened. Thank you, Sally. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Adam, for cutting this up. Please subscribe, rate five stars, review, and tell a friend about the podcast. Hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio, at Malin Podcast. Sally, where can the people find you? Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter, and Sally Young on Venmo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There you go. I am Schmerman, at Schmerman on both of those platforms. Uh, happy Halloween. Next time we record, we'll be after Halloween, so have fun. Be safe. Check for drugs in your kids' candy. Because apparently no. drug dealers are giving it away for free. Yeah, they're giving out fentanyl. Right. And Skittles. And uh, there's an Adderall shortage now, so maybe it's all in the Skittles bags. Yeah. See you guys next week. Bye.